0: You're listening to the podcast for grain merchandisers by grain merchandisers. Join us in our good-humored attempt to serve as a voice of reason in an industry fraught with misconceptions and half-truths. And now, from deep in America's
1: heartland, this is The Elevator's Cut. Welcome back to another episode of The Elevator's Cut. I am one of your hosts, Jason Wheeler, and I'm your
0: other host, Roger Gaddis, and today we have our specialist guest
2: we've ever had on. Wow, that's a, that's a little pressure right off the bat.
0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Mahochko.
2: I have been called special before, but that was
1: other situation. <laughs> and Dan is physically in studio with us. We call it a studio. Most people call it a conference room. We call it a studio. It's, it's made it's a a, tomato. Yeah, it is. It's really nice. I have to say, it's it's one of the nicer studios I've ever been in. you yeah. have seen you eyeballing the stack of Pringles over there. <laughs> <laughs> we got a TV on the wall. Don't ask us to turn it on because it doesn't work. But, you know, it's you there. could imagine. Yeah, I appreciated the fact that
2: you left all the stuff in the... Main office area unguarded while you two were in this room when I first got here. So I loaded my bag up with whatever I could put in. There you go, swag.
0: <laughs> those eleven-year, eleven-month-old calendars out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan, you you have been called mainly by me as the
2: nicest man in the grain business, and I appreciate that. I you're overdue for your hug for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, for those that don't know, uh, Dan, or familiar with him, we'll, we'll get into that. He'll give you a little background, but. Uh, Dan has uh, had a quite an impression, I think, in the grain business over his uh, tenure here. I, I have, we talked about earlier, you know, the six degrees of, of Dan Mahachko. If you've been in the grain business any amount of time, you know someone who knows someone who knows him. And so uh, we thank you, and we know you got a lot of interesting things to say. So uh, give or us a little background. At least
2: I think they're interesting. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's the, the sixth degree thing is what you get when you will not leave the industry when you stick around <laughs> you stick around long enough you just get to know everybody that's all but no I appreciate you guys having me on and, and uh, I'm an avid listener. Uh, I think I was probably the first out of I don't know what you have now 12 or 15 and I was right up there off the yeah. bat so um, but I, I really do appreciate you having me out here I, I have been, uh, I think I started in 1990 actually mm-hmm. I, I went to college for two years worked in a bank for five and then went back to college. When my wife got done college, I went, I went back. And when I came out, when I was at the bank, this is, this is I was just thinking of this earlier today. When I, when I was at the bank, we had a, a recording of a guy by the name of Maury Susi. I think it was, I can't remember what the name of his company was, but he would put on a market tape and I was responsible for doing that. So I would listen and, 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 and I was farming already and family had farm operations. So I was, involved in, you know, the grain side of it then, but not really, didn't think I was interested. Well, then listening to that got me interested. Um, and when I went back to school, then uh, I got an ag business degree from Illinois State. And when I came out, I actually went to a small co-op for, I oh, I think I was there for not quite a year, year and a half. I started a farmer marketing program there. Um, and then I went to work for Continental Grain. And uh, I started in Seneca, Illinois, just down the road from where we lived. Uh, ended up in Chicago trading all the value added products for Continental. Did some th- that was just a great experience in in that office and around those people. Um, I, I have told the story to other people, but I would be the vacation replacement guy, so they needed like a SIF trader, you know, or something. Somebody come up, go get my hot he'll come up here. He's, he's an hour away to we'll put him in a hotel. So I'll never forget this story. I, I the first time I go up there, um. Guy by the name of John Miller was our wheat trade, was our wheat fob trader. Um, he just was at the BN and just recently passed away. Good dude, really good dude, smart dude, but an intimidating dude, super smart. So I go to the wheat desk. I don't know anything about wheat. We've never grown wheat, I've never handled wheat. I don't know anything about wheat. So I get up there, I'm really nervous. I said, John, I don't know the first thing about wheat. He's like, Okay, just trade it. Just trade the position. You're you're the sift trader for wheat, just trade it. I go, no, I don't, I don't even know the, the grades of wheat. And he goes, man, I'm not asking you to grade the stuff, just trade it. And he looks over, he looks over at the corn desk and goes, what kind of guy did they send me here? This guy's an (laughs) idiot. Just like that. I mean, that was my first day up there. And um, so anyway, we we got along fine after that, but I ended up working out of the office. I I, uh, traded sift beans for a little bit, and then I was actually the value added. I did all the value added products. Uh, When Continental uh, sold the grain division, I didn't want to move any farther north than where I live in Illinois. So I turned down. Uh, another company that may be based out of somewhere near Minneapolis. And I went to Louis Dreyfus. Um, I was a cash trader for Louis Dreyfus uh, based in Morris, Illinois, but I traded essentially the Chicago area, I just trade a basis position wherever I could had the river too. So we were deliverable. And so I traded delivery once in a while. Um, but, but really just whatever I could do to trade that position. Um, the last four years at Dreyfus though, I, I got a call one day they made a deal on the actual Morris facility and they said, um, you know, Hey, you just, you just tr- essentially traded the facility. Now what are you going to do? And I said, well, I think I'll just trade from home. And that was in the day when nobody did that stuff. So you're like, yeah, no, we can't do that. Um, but, uh, the CEO, Eric Anderson at the time, he said, Hey, Eric needs a favor, which is a, t- a terrible thing to hear because you're about to do somebody a favor. And <laughs> <laughs> and he said, uh, the, North American safety director just retired. The guy's name was Don. He said, Don just retired. And they'd like you to do that for a while because you understand you you understand the processes, everything they do, Louis Dreyfus was doing at the time. And you know our people. You've been around eight years. You know our people. I'm like, oh man, I should not be your safety guy. I mean, no yeah. trader should be your safety <laughs> guy. Yeah, really, I, I right. mean, the first thing we want to do is cut some corner, right? So we shouldn't be your safety guy. But, but <laughs> I did that. I had North America for four years. I was on a plane every. I left every Sunday or Monday on a plane. I had um, uh, elevators in Western Canada. I had an export elevator in Port Cartier, Quebec. Um, I had citrus in Florida, cotton throughout U.S. Um, we built two ethanol plants. We built the soybean plant in Claypool, Indiana, and we built a canola plant in Yorkton, Saskatchewan. And I'm sure I'm forgetting. Oh, coffee and steel in Mexico. And so it was. Uh, it was cool to learn all that stuff. Cool to represent. Louis Draper's family, Julia never called me, but represent that family and <laughs> um, building those facilities. Um, but I, I have a, a wife and kids that I was still am really fond of. I've been married almost 35 years now. And so uh, it wasn't fun being gone that much. And so I gave them essentially a two-year notice that, hey, we got to find something different. And, in the, and at the end of that, uh, a buddy of mine that was in the Growmark system called me We met for lunch one day and he said, man, I don't know how you do all this travel. I said, I I don't either. I got to stop what I'm doing. And um, GrowMark had a position for a market development person or business relationship person, I guess, at first. So I went down there, went to work for GrowMark. I was essentially a consultant to all our um, member co-ops. So I helped them in anything they wanted. If they needed to hire somebody, a general manager or merchandiser, if they needed um, help analyzing a new facility or a new bin or whatever, we, we helped them with that. So I did that for a long time. Um, And then we put together uh, an LLC. Uh, We went out and we we put together an LLC with six or five other co-ops and Growmark. Started that, uh, helped run that for about 13 months, came back to corporate Growmark and market development, getting new customers for Growmark and some of their subsidiaries. And then uh, at the end, I managed one of their, um, so they had Midco commodities, similar to to White, and they also had AgriVisor, which was the farmer marketing side, and so I managed AgriVisor for the last six months of my tenure at GrowMark. Um, did not like to do that. Did, didn't <laughs> want to do that. Um, it was it was interesting though. I mean, it's just um, it's just not what I wanted to do towards the end of my career, and left GrowMark. I was friends with the two founders at Bushel. They asked me to come there. I went there for a little bit. Became the oldest person at Bushel, and that's <laughs> that, that was not you know. Maybe the best for me. I, I probably uh, I probably had different thoughts then. Um, I left, started consulting. Um, Indigo act- actually reached out and asked if I would take them on as a client. I did for for several months, and then just recently became a full time employee at Indigo, and I'm the vice president of market development at Indigo, looking for new you know new partners, new opportunities, and and helping uh, some of the ventures that they're on, and so. That's what I'm doing today. Um, wife and I live in Morris, Illinois, about an hour southwest Chicago. We still, we don't, I don't farm anymore. We still have uh, farm ground we rent out. Family takes care of some of it. And then um, our three, with three kids are all somewhat around the area. We have a daughter and son-in-law live by us with our granddaughter, daughter lives in Chicago and a son that's a senior at Notre Dame. And so uh, the granddaughter now takes up, gonna have a second granddaughter in April. So they take up most of the time and really they're, they're all I care about. It's amazing how unimportant your kids become when you have grandkids. So <laughs> that's
0: that's, I've heard. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that's crazy. So you've seen, I mean, long time, you've been in the grain business, seen it from multiple sides. Now you're now doing the indigo thing, which uh, we've had Rodney on before. So you're yep. our second indigo person that's on, crazy. on the podcast. Um, we're we're working our way up the chain, obviously. I mean, he, 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 you know. So well, I'm about. I'll I'll when I get when I get off, I'm gonna I'm gonna
2: make some uh, make send some emails, and I'll try to even get you farther up the chain. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get
1: somebody that counts on here, not just some schmuck from Illinois. Uh, we're. I just wanted to give Rodney a little hard time without uh, working up the chain. But anyways, I I do appreciate you know he said you're a listener, and it's obvious because he comes in with a, a Panera cup. <laughs> Uh, so I appreciate that. that was incredible. Yeah. I bowled over. Yeah. Well, Listen not,
0: up not... all you Pringles shippers for Mac Twitter. You want to really win your way into Jason's heart and through Panera. There's Panera,
2: there's Panera cookies in the lobby. And uh, what was funny was when you were in Illinois one time, Jason, I took you not to Panera, but a barbecue place that was That's unbelievable. Serious. And when I put it out on Twitter, where i was taking literally everybody said oh you're going to panera i'm like no 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 mm-hmm. we
1: mm-hmm. we stepped it up a notch we had a hosa
2: yeah hosa that's what
1: right. now that place is not there anymore
2: no they have their main restaurant but okay. that one had to close Yeah, okay all right so
1: we can still get you one we just got to drive a little bit good night that was a day that's a serious thing. <laughs> now we we returned the favorite ticket for a z-man today yep. at, yeah. at joe's so was
0: kc yeah yeah
1: it was phenomenal um Anyway, but back to the grain business. So you, you've seen it from from different. Sides. I wanted to. We got a lot of uh, farmers and stuff that follow us, listen to the show, and you did the Agrivisor for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that? What what uh, what all did that entail, and and how was that? Yeah. So what
2: Agrivisor does or and, and did then and still does now, but so they are like the farmer marketing side or origination. Um, they aid in origination and tools marketing market tools. For the members of Growmark and other customers of Midco, and so they provide like OTC contracts, managed bushel contracts. Um, you know, they help facilitate any any origination contract that that
1: one of the members might need. So, so, then, did you have to like manage the futures position on on the yeah, backside? Yeah, so of
2: it? so we they would essentially. We had a, a gentleman there that would put out ideas and uh, recommendations for, let's say, an OTC product, right? He would put that out. And then um, we used a, a company that has an online pricer. We okay. would use that. And they, essentially, they had an account with AgriVisor then that it flowed through. But it's it's um, the interesting thing I thought was, you know, when I was essentially the manager of AgriVisor, is the call from bankers that, have no concept of what their customer is into right but but you tell you try to explain it to them and try to explain how it's going to work or how it's not going to work you know and is this their elevator customer or their farmer their elevator customer, okay. customer. Right. yeah, yeah their elevator customer so we were we we dealt just with elevators and then the elevator right, right. dealt with the farmer. okay yeah but it was it's always interesting
1: agriculture I don't know that I've had many uninteresting years. Let's just say that. Well, see, because we've seen over the years, you know, different large organizations that have kind of either soured a ton of relationships, or or just about gone broke over offering bad contracts that people didn't like or didn't go the right way. And yeah, that, so. yeah, you, you, um... I, I can see why bankers might get nervous, especially when they don't understand right. stuff. So. <laughs>
2: well, and and.
1: Let's be honest, that's not their first
2: business, right? So exactly. they're not. They're, I don't expect them to have a good understanding of it. But I I told them, one in particular, I kept telling them, well, have you talked to the customer? You know, have you got their side of it? Have you got their opinion on what they think? Because, you know, it's really about the relationship they have with the grower, right? The grower, is the grower going to um, fulfill that obligation? Because if he doesn't, Mr. Elevator, then it's your obligation. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, then Mr. Banker, if the elevator doesn't fulfill it, it's, mm-hmm. you know, sure. it's coming up to street to you and so yeah it was <laughs> it was just interesting to me that they would start where they would start for the first conversation it's like don't don't come to me first you know I, i'll walk you through what that contract is but go to your customer and see what see what they have to say so
0: and i don't think that's unusual our business. i think that's you know when you think of the the ancillary uh
2: personnel to our core business like bankers and accountants and stuff it's
0: it's because it's a different language, you yeah, know, overall. Yeah.
2: I mean, and it doesn't even have to be on the OTC side. Right. I mean, just, just look at elevator stories that have been forced to get out of a position because they used a, you know, I, I always am amazed. Um, not just when I was at Growmark and we dealt with you know member other member co-ops, but just my last 30 some years in the business, I'm always amazed when somebody says, Oh no, we don't deal with this bank or this bank, we deal with a local person. I'm like, oh man. Mm. You better get them to a class to get to know basis. You better get them to some, you know, get them an understanding because there's going to be a day when it looks like your position is against you and you're getting margin called like crazy. But the rest of the egg world knows that that's coming, you know, it's going to come back, but that banker doesn't, he just sees the margin calls going out. Right. Yes. And he's going to say, you need to get out of that. And the day he's going to tell you to get out of it is it's the high. wrong day. You want to it's get out. High. Yeah. It
0: was June 13th a Friday, yeah. 2008. I know what day that
2: was. <laughs> so, I mean, we've just all heard that too much that, you know, they just, and it's, again, it's not their first business. That's, that's why you either, if you're going to do business there, help educate them on your business or find somebody that understands Absolutely. your business. And, yeah.
0: you know, as far as, you know, look, we go, and Jason, you go and talk to a lot of elevators out there. That's been a huge, you know, point of, of need over the last several years. You know, what Jeff Riddin does for folks is mm-hmm. helping to have this conversation with guys because we're in a relationship business and yep. the lender's the same. And if you've done business with this bank in town forever, you'd like to keep doing that, but you need to do it. That's not in a way it's not detrimental long term yeah. for
2: both entities exactly yeah i've got i've got some friends of mine that that do some consulting and they, were, they he reached one of my buddies reached out to me and he said hey i'm talking to this green company and this was a private i'm talking to this private and they they've asked me to help them with some you know to analyze the business to look at the business and i said well um are they part of any group that is looking at a whole subset of similar elevators and getting their financials you know, I don't care whose names it all. You know, I don't want to know anybody names, but give me, you know, ten elevators of my size, and let's look at their right. financials. I said, and he goes, "Well, again, I think they deal with." And it was a local bank. I'm like, "Oh man, you got to get to their accountants. You got to get somewhere that can help you get that info, because otherwise, you know, you're just gonna you're gonna ask around, and and it's all gonna be anecdotal stories, yes. right? Of yes, what they should be doing when really, just analyze those financials and and then help them make decisions." So,
0: yeah, that's huge. Because if not, like you said, you're just shooting in the
2: dark. Yeah. It's kind
0: of well, I don't know. I think this, or are...
2: yeah, and his rates and his rates go higher, right? It, it, it's it's not just commodity prices. It's his okay. rates go higher. Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: it's uh, it's going to be more and more interesting to finance these positions. So let me ask you this: You've been around for a minute or two in this business. What's the thing that um, right now, if, if we'd have told you the grain business would have gotten to this point that you wouldn't have believed back when, when you started? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's one thing that
2: I, you know, I'm, I'm with a tech startup and Mm -hmm. I think technology has surprised me. I I always tell people, I think I've told you guys this today. I'm just slightly above average. Um, I don't know that I understand all the technologies I see, but I do see that it's changed the industry, right? It's, It's going to make it, it's making it easier to do business now and a lot more analytics at your fingertips. I mean, I've, this is the first time in my career I've spent any time with a data scientist. Oh my gosh, if I could go, I don't want to go back merchandising, but if I did, I would make sure there was a data scientist available to me because the things they can do, they don't know what corn and beans are. They don't care. They do math. I always tell people, listen, I I have, I have been, um, somewhat successful above average successful only because I'm really good at relationships and I do fat, math faster than most people that's really it these people it's in these data scientists it's incredible what they can do and the stuff they're they're coming back to you with it's like oh yeah I should have thought of that I, I didn't mm-hmm. think of that and they don't know they just looked at they yeah, did the math on it right yeah. they, it's crazy so I think that's that's been a big thing um it's a relationship business man it's um that's first and foremost. I always say ag's a big relationship business. Uh commercial brokers like you guys are in, that's the best, that's the tightest relationship in the business. Um, that's that's the one that's the hardest to ever break up with somebody. That's true. It's, you know, and that's that's good. That's how it should be. Mm-hmm. You're a partner in these businesses, and that's that's what you want your partner to be that close, you know. It's like a
1: second spouse, <laughs> if that were legal somewhere. How do you find a data scientist? I'm a grain elevator guy. How do I find a data scientist to help Yeah, you? well, the
2: easy answer for who I work for is to partner with somebody. But I do <laughs> think that's
1: I do think that's what's
2: coming. Right, you're going to partner with groups or consulting firms that have that availability. They're going to have those people. They're going to have programs out there that you know you're either you're either paying for the consulting fee or you're paying extra mm-hmm. for the program and it's helping you with mm-hmm. that. Because cool. um, it, it's it is. I've been amazed at what stuff is uh, is available. What information is available. Way quicker than, than than we could ever do it on our own. Yeah,
0: because if you look at, you know, take a, an average elevator out there. They've got an accounting system they've used for years. There is a treasure trove of data in there on when people sell and what levels and, you know, freight, all this stuff. But guess what? It takes a ton of time to mine that stuff. Yep. yep. And so a lot of people don't do it. But there is a, man, if you could get your hands on that information yep. and, and have it come out in a meaningful way, that is powerful. Like we talked at lunch, you know, this is... There's some stuff for buyers and sellers out there that yep. is huge, huge, would be huge helpful.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. I, I, I'll never forget, there was a couple of us sat down in the meeting with a computer programmer. This was probably seven years ago, maybe now. I, I'm just trying to remember Anyway, We sat there, this this guy, he called it corns and beans. He's a super good guy, but he, he didn't know. That's not his thing. <laughs> and I said, uh, we we're at that point, we were working on kind of brainstorming a, a program that would help us with not only CRM stuff, but this kind of stuff you're talking about, you know, forecasting stuff. And I said, that's exactly what I said. I said, man, I I want an originator someday to wake up, turn on his computer. And it not only tells him who to call, but it says, Hey, by the way, uh, Roger sells 80% of his crop in this range. We're in that range, but Oh, by the way, uh, he's listed as Jason's customer, but he doesn't talk to him. He talks to Sally. Um, So just have Sally call uh and he'll sell her. Yes. I mean, absolutely. That stuff's, it's common. I mean, it's crazy, but it's common. And, and and I know there's probably people out there going, oh, I don't want something to think for me like that. The heck you don't. I mean, <laughs> you, you want to be a lot more efficient, right? That's when you like, I don't want, I don't have Amazon or Alexa or anything. I don't have an Amazon. I don't have it in my house, right? But everything's still listening. That stuff, I'm not in favor of it. But if it can help me be more efficient in my business, I'm all for it. You so, know, I think if everybody's
0: be honest with herself, everybody would like to have that. Yeah. And a lot of these businesses, the guy that's been there forever has a lot of that stuff in his head. But then to transfer that information to the whoever's coming up behind him to take their spot. It, if ever it happens, it never hardly happens. Well, on right. it's, own.
2: it's it, a tough thing. Yeah, It doesn't happen. Well, I've told people mm-hmm. I always say this about a new GM coming in. Right. So you got GMs retiring and. And new GM's coming in and you hear the stories where, oh yeah, he's going to stay for a couple months. I'm like, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> the old GM should show the new GM where the mailbox is and then get out of there. That's, that's mm-hmm. your, your, thank you for your service. Your time is done. Now you got to go. Now the problem with that is a lot of them walk out and go, I'm not giving that guy my information. Okay, cool. But somewhere somebody has to have some of that yeah. because if not, that's, that's a you know, long process of you guy learning. So if we could figure out that, and and I've said this about merchandisers too. You know, you we've all known people that have been in a certain market for 30, 40 years, they know the market, you know, they everybody's like, oh, he's that's the best merchant. Well, that's because they've been there for so long. You know, they know all the little, they know that so and so is gonna pay extra this day because of this, whatever. They get all that. But the day they leave, the, the next guy doesn't have that. Right. Well, if that's available in technology, the next guy has it. Now I can let the next guy not worry about doing all the math and doing all that. I can let him focus on building the relationship. Then the other stuff comes. Yeah. That's, that's big. Man.
0: Yeah. I can vouch for that. The GM thing. My first job out of college was at a co-op in Louisiana. And I can remember going in there and the, the, the outgoing GM coming in and asked him, what questions do you have? I didn't even know what to
2: ask. <laughs> that's right.
0: He wasn't on the best terms of the board either on his way out, you know, so he wasn't making, you know, you know, laying out the red carpet for him, but, if it wasn't for the bookkeeper that had been there just as long as the original man, you know, it would have been a, a huge, di- bigger disaster than it already was, yeah. you know, but there's, I mean, that happens all the time yeah. in businesses, even, even when the transition happens between say father and son and a privately oh, yeah. later, it's same thing. Yeah.
2: yeah. I, if, I don't know if they're listening, i will probably in trouble for telling the story. Cause they'll, the, the <laughs> one guy, will figure out quickly who this was, but I, I, I walked into a co-op. This was a co-op. I won't say where it was, but I walked into a co-op and, I knew the old GM was retiring and that they had hired a guy and I knew where he came from and everything. and I'd already met him once. And I walked in and they're sitting at the same desk. They essentially put a chair on the side of the desk for the new guy. And I said, what are you guys doing? And the old guy said, oh, he's going to share my desk with me for a while. And I said, really? How old is he? And they were so mad. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but that, that's silly. You know, that here's a guy in his, at the time he was in his 40s. Had been he'd been with a multinational. I'm like he's fine. Let's go. You know he, <laughs> he'll be okay. Show him where the post office is, the mailbox, and let's go.
0: It's that you know learning by osmosis. If you be close to people, yeah, me, he will
2: absorb yeah. all yeah. that stuff. I won't tell you everything, but you'll it'll seep in. i yeah. My first job. That's what happened to me. My first job when I when I went back to college and graduated in this little co op. I was replacing the guy. His guy's name is Elmer. And I'll never forget they hired me and I said they wanted me to start like January 2nd because Elmer was retiring, of course, January, December 31st. And I said, Well, I'd like to come in over the Christmas break so I could learn what this is a system manager, you know. And I'm like, hey, I'd like to learn what's going on, what he does, everything. The general manager said, That's a great idea. Why don't you come in and you know Elmer will help you? Blah, blah, blah. Well, he never told Elmer that. And Elmer wasn't excited about that. So I came in there and he looked at me and he said, I thought you start January 2nd. I said, yeah, I do, but you no, know, this guy, General Manager, said I'd come in and learn what you're doing. And he looked at me and he said, I'll tell you what, you sit right over in that chair. And when I think there's something you need, I need to show you, I'll call you over here. <laughs> I said, OK, that'd be great. 3.30 that afternoon, I got up and I went to the General Manager. I said, I'll see you January 2nd because Elmer hasn't called me over yet. Wow. <laughs> yeah. but, and that's not
0: an uncommon thing. No. About the would no. guarantee You know, it's.
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's
1: great industry, but it's interesting. Yeah, yeah.
0: Fun, you yeah. Not even call it, <laughs> yeah.
1: Let's call it fun. So, so you you you've traded from the co-op side from the from the larger side and, and everything. What do you think? And and then you've transferred into ag tech worlds and all that. So from the outside, obviously, we come from the merchandising side okay. of things. But from the outside looking in, what are the, the what's the big big misconceptions you see out there from people that aren't in it every day? Yeah. To yeah, you know, they just. You know, I think there's a, uh, well, I
2: mean, you guys all know the misconceptions about, you know, where who's making what money and who's doing what. I I mean, it's just, it was always amazing to me, Um, and and I, I I shouldn't say it like that. Cause when you're not in something you don't understand it right my wife was a dental hygienist for 30 some years I don't, I don't know anything about <laughs> it you know she'll tell right. me what tooth is what I'm like I don't you know can't
0: remember it, the tooth numbers. yeah exactly. like, I don't know anything about that
2: <laughs> and and she doesn't know anything about what I did and and which was a joke in our family that we never told anybody what what we did what I did <laughs> um but I I think you know that that's why it's such a, a important relationship business is you know, I always felt that I was always commercial to commercial. I, that's mm-hmm. that's what I traded, but I had a good relationship. And so they, you know, I, I felt like I understood their position. They understood mine. And and um, I never thought that a trade was, now I probably made some trades that I had more margin in it than than um, what was normal, but that's because I might've anticipated some move, or I might've had a freight position on something. You know, you just never know, but I had a good enough relationship that I, I never once had a customer you know, think I was taking advantage of them or anything like that. So now maybe they didn't, I, they just didn't tell me, but <laughs> um, but I don't think so. So I think, I think that's just it, right? I, I always told people like on the farm side, we had a fairly, you know, for our area, fairly moderate sized farm operation. My So my family farm, my wife's family farm, um, my father-in-law was killed in a grain bin and then I, I merged both operations together and essentially farmed full-time while working full-time for 28 years, I guess, 27 or eight mm-hmm. years. And I dealt with one buyer, right? I didn't buy my own grain. Um, in fact, my I would tell my dad what I thought we should do. And he would make the trade because I'd get so emotional. Sometimes I wouldn't make the trade. I'd second guess myself mm-hmm. and I got, I'd got get caught up in it. So I'd always tell him, hey, I think we should be doing this. Mm-hmm. He would then call and do it. But we dealt with one one company. But we had a good enough relationship. Um, I was comfortable enough with, with my basic knowledge of what we we're doing, um, that it was fine with us. I'm always amazed that the people are like, oh, no, I'll deal with, you know, several people. Well, I think if you have questions about that side of the, your business, you should try to get a relationship with somebody you really trust and learn more from them, right? You yeah. you can, if it's somebody you trust, and and that person should, they they should want to teach you that. They mm-hmm. should want to show you essentially their side of the business and, and what's involved. I just think that's really important in, in not just in the grain business, but in any business, sure. it's, it's, I don't know. I, I've, um, I've kind of considered myself that, you know, I deal with one furniture for company. I deal with one. I just, that's the relationship I form and that's where I, my trust is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, the alternative is of course, you're, you're, you don't do that. And then, you know, like if I'm the the originator somewhere, then I'm always playing defense because the guy thinks I'm always taking advantage. I mean, that's just, that's what it comes down to. So there's a huge incentive to do
2: this. Yep. Exactly. Right. And I, and I would tell, you know, originators that as well, especially younger ones, man, develop the relationship first, you know, just don't, you know, don't always come off as you, you know, you're just out there to buy bushels no matter what develop a relationship. You become a partner with those customers. That's, that's what will keep you in this industry and keep you in the business. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay.
0: So if you think back, just, you know, at any point in time in your career, you know, we always like hearing good stories from folks, but can you think of any instance uh, in particular, uh, interesting or crazy story that you could share with our audience yeah.
2: just from your your, your travels? They, they come and go as I get older, they come and go, <laughs> but <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you a couple. So, I can't remember, was it 98, the mist flooded so bad? Was that the year? 96 or 98, somewhere in there. The mist flooded, everything was stopped. Um, Nothing could get off the Illinois. This this story is going to get dark for a minute, but then it comes back. Okay, But anyway, we were pulling barges back uh, up the Illinois to Seneca because there was a terminal that could offload barges. So we we were bringing all our barges back up, offloading them, I was running them through the dryer to stop damage. So, you know, a barge is a steel box. It usually has a plastic or steel lid on it, which <laughs> is then gonna get condensation and it's gonna rain in that barge when it's hot. Um, by the way, when when somebody says a river's flooding in the summer, that's because it's hot and there's a lot of humidity. It was raining a lot in those barges. So we were offloading barges, running them through a dryer, reloading the barges. Well, when you're running grain, it's already dry. You know, it's just, you're just making FM like crazy, right? Mm-hmm making FM and um we had a leg explosion and so uh I was I was in the office and I'm on the phone and I hear this noise I'm like what is it and I pull the curtain back and all I see is this orange right oh. right next to me right and my lead man kicks the door open and the alarms are going off but I I was on the phone doing my thing but anyway we all ran outside and uh it was it
1: what was amazing
2: to me was we all just kind of looked at each other like and that got crazy you know and it was and, and we were all fine. It, it it actually, it's always funny to me, not funny, but it's always amazing to me that I then ended up in safety. You know, I was like, <laughs> wait a minute, I lived through an explosion. And now, you know, then 10 years later, or whatever, I'm in safety. But um, it was just, it was just a crazy ordeal. Everybody was fine. Uh, we lost a leg, but, but the dryers were fine. We literally, I think six or eight hours later, we were back, you know, mm-hmm. drying corn and, and loading barges. Um, but just things like that, that I don't know. There's There's been so many times I had a customer, <laughs> guy called, I bought a bunch of grain from him, and they actually had a, a river loader as well, and right next to the company I was with at the time, well, right next to Tripus, and I said, uh, I bought grain, I bought half of it, I was a load through my facility, half of it was load through his facility, and he's like, well, that's my last trade. I'm like, what do you mean your last trade? He goes, yeah, they let me go last night. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what, what do you mean? And he goes, yeah, they, they, let me go. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, my last day is going to be whenever they find a replacement. I'm like, so they let you go, but you're still loading. You're still there working. Yep. Yep. Telephones. I said, oh, I said have that. So the board president, and I have no. So I said, have so-and-so call me. So he called me and he's like, what's going on? And I said, well, I just made this trade and, you know, I'm not sure we should have done this because of this situation. He's like, well, was it a good trade? I'm like, well, yeah, it's a good trade. And I walked him through what we did and, and why. And I even walked him through what my numbers were. And he's like, okay, well, it seems fine to me. I go, yeah, but you can't you can't do this. I go, <laughs> you, you know, if you let him go, you let him go. That's sad, but he can't then trade your position. He goes, Well, would you be interested in doing that till till we find somebody? I'm like, Well, I'm your competitor, <laughs> but you know, I, I really shouldn't trade your position either. And He goes, He said this, he goes. Well, how about when we get, when, when he gets a call or wants to do something, he calls you and if you both think it's good, then we'll do it. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And I thought to myself, <laughs> you know, I guess I have a really good relationship with that guy. Cause he thinks, no, you know, okay. Dan's not going to gig me. He'll, he'll be fair to me. And I, you know, it, it's when I think back and say it out loud, it's like, my gosh, that was crazy. But <laughs> I do appreciate the relationship I had with them. So they, they trusted me to do it and we did and we was fine. We, um, yeah, we they got through. They hired a new manager and became friends with him as well. So wow. it's always interesting to me in the, in the
0: in the on the farmer community side of things, where you know we all know that you know coffee shops exist and farmers talk to the farmers and friends with them. I you mean, know, as they should. They're an in the industry together. They peers, but it seems like it's such a surprise to a lot of these guys that. Merchandisers or elevator managers do the same stuff. Yeah. I think it comes off that all these guys are competitors. They hate each other's guts no matter what. And I'm like, that's the rare occasion. That's not the norm. You know, I don't know why, you know, it's always interesting to me why that's a thing. But then if you say, well, I'm friends with them, they're like, oh, collusion. You know,
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'll say I'm friends with most of them, but there are some that Oh yeah. didn't think much of me. I mean, mostly, um, you know corporately if you're sitting there if you're you know when you're trading a position you're trading essentially you're trading against somebody right there's mm-hmm. not there's only there's never just one of us in a position everybody trades the same positions and so it it was always funny i might be friends with the guy trading that position against me or opposite of me whatever but corporately up above him they they did not like me much i mean yeah, i i heard that quite a bit and that's that's fine not everybody's going to like you but yeah. um yeah it's it's been interesting it's been uh, i think if people just, younger people, especially if they realize that in our business, everything trades, to me, that's the coolest thing. Now, maybe there's people who are like, oh, I want no part of that. But that's the coolest thing. Like everything trades, you know, freight trades, corn in a barge trades, the barge itself, tra- everything. I mean, that, that's just cool to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I I, wish more people could see that. I think they'd get into it. And I, I don't even have a kid that got into it and they heard about it, but um. But I think it'd be neat to, just if they step back and look at it. Essentially, like I would ask the interns at GrowMark this every year. I would talk to our, our uh, summer interns and I didn't care where they were. I'd ask them what facility they're at, what they're doing. You know, I'm in seed. I'm in this. I said, what business are we in? Well, I'm in seed. And I'm like, no, nope, no, nope, we're all in the grain business. If you're selling fertilizer, ultimately you're in the grain business. If you're selling seed, ultimately you're in the grain business. We're all in the grain business and, y- and
1: you need to understand and appreciate that part of it. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, for the sake of time, I think we should, we should, but I was going to ask, are you, are you going to St. Louis for the CEC? I am. I've, I've All right. heard, I've heard, you know, some special people are going to be there broadcasting,
2: so. I can't wait to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> and besides those special people, you guys might be there. Yeah. But no, I, I've been a big uh, contributor to NGFA, big yeah. fan of NGFA. i been on committees for years. I just think it's a great organization. Uh, Been out to Washington a bunch. I think it's awesome that you'll go do that. I think that's a great convention for our industry. You know, there's
1: a bunch of them, but that's a really, really good one. Yeah, that's the one that, yeah, everybody goes to. It's really good. And this year it's in Roger's favorite city. The city of the jewel of the, you know, another Roger <laughs> <laughs> who likes St. Louis as well. St. Louis at the Amtrak station where Roger lives, practically. <laughs> and so, anyways, yeah, so uh December 7th is, I think it, there's like a reception on the 6th, but yeah. the 7th, the opening general session, Roger and I will be recording a live elevator's cut, hopefully there fingers crossed anyway but we'll be at the trade show stuff throughout the event we'd love to meet everybody i'll be there but if you're there in the crowd somebody just please yell stuff out at them (laughs) yeah (laughs) something about panera yeah if anybody wants to bring me panera (laughs) to get me going you know just come on (laughs) but uh anyways yeah look forward to seeing everybody there and thanks again dan for coming on my pleasure absolutely i've always i've enjoyed it enjoyed you two's friendships and everybody at white commercial i've
2: had a i know i i uh have been with competitors at time, but have always enjoyed a great relationship with uh, with everybody at White Commercial. And I think you guys do a really good job and you do a really good job on this podcast. And, and uh, yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well,
0: thanks. Thanks for taking a chance on us.
1: <laughs> As always, thanks for downloading and listening. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with folks you know in the business.
0: And if you'd like to reach out anytime about anything at all or have any show ideas, you can always find us on Twitter at Elevators Cut. Follow us there, tweet at us, DM us, and we'll always respond. Till next time, for
1: Roger, I'm Jason. For Jason, I'm Roger. Thanks for listening to The Elevators Cut.
0: Oh!